And so we live our lives to glorify Him in every aspect. Or do we? I pray that we do. All right, we are going to have your Bibles if you have them with me and take them with me this morning and turn to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. This is a fantastic passage of Scripture. We've gone through a lot of this and we've taken a lot of time. <clears throat> but we're going to focus on 14 through 21. It's very interesting. I am. Uh, <clears throat> Thankfully, the Lord has allowed me to have some premarital counseling with a couple, and we've been working through some things. And I, we found this book by Jay Adams called "Forgive," and then you can uh, forgiveness and forgiven or something like that. It's a fantastic book. And while I was buying those books, I came across. So, you, how many have ever been to Amazon.com? <laughs> you go to Amazon and you get what you want, but then they say, oh, other people got this and this and this, right? They try to sell more books. Well, it just so happens Jay Adams has another book called A Practical Exposition of Romans 12, 14 through 21. Imagine that. And the book is entitled, very easy book. You could spend half a day and read it. It's very simple, very good. How to overcome evil. How to overcome evil. It's a very cool book. Anyways, what it did for me is, because I read it yesterday, and um, as I was reading through it, oh, now this makes a little bit more sense on some of these things that I have mistakenly um, overlooked in the text. So in Romans chapter 12, verses 14 through 21, that's where we're at. The Bible says, bless them that persecute you, bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those that weep, be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. If possible, so far as it depends upon you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, beloved but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not, overcome by, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That passage, that 14-21 through 21, would probably be best to understand as our spiritual warfare. How many understand that? I mean, how many of you have ever driven a car or have been ridden, have ridden in a car? Any of you? A couple of you have ridden in a car. So we've all ridden in a car, right? And we've all had that guy. We're driving along 50 miles an hour and this guy pulls out in front of you. How many have ever seen that or been involved with that when someone pulls in front of you? How many of you have heard this? Bless you. Man, I love that guy. Or how, Are you kidding me? Who do you think he is? What a... And then we give some expletive. How many understand that? We get upset with people 
that do us wrong. You see, in this life, there is something called spiritual warfare. And there's not a one person in here that is not involved in spiritual warfare. You might not know about it, but you are. If you're a believer, the Bible says you will be persecuted. You'll be persecuted by what? The evil. What is the evil? Is that the Satan persecute us? Well, Satan personally doesn't persecute us. He is one guy in one place at one time. He's not going to waste time with us. But his dominions and other unbelievers who are being used of Satan are going to be used by Satan to persecute us. There is spiritual warfare. And the whole thing comes summarizing down to verse 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So the reality is, this text is trying to tell us do not become over evil, but over Christians will be persecuted. Why? It's understood that there's going to be evil that is going to persecute you. How many see that in the text? Don't let it overcome you. But instead, overcome them with what? Good. So in this text, we find that, first of all, Christians will be persecuted. Christians are responsible to respond to that persecution. And Christians are to overcome. How many would say, amen, 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 absolutely, that's what this is talking about. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn with me. We just read Romans, we're going to go all over today, but 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. It's a fantastic text. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. Therefore, when we could endure it no longer, we thought it best to be left behind with Athens. That's not right. Oh, yes. Yeah, it is. Okay. And we sent Timothy, I started in verse, I should have started in verse 3. And he sent Timothy, our brother and God's fellow worker in the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you as to your faith. So that why? So that no one would be disturbed by these afflictions. Christians will be persecuted. They will be afflicted. For you yourselves know that we have been destined for this. For indeed, when we were with you and kept telling you in advance that we are going to suffer afflictions, and so it came to pass, as you know. For this reason, when I could endure it no longer, I also sent to find out about your faith, for fear that the tempter might have tempted you, and our labor would be in vain. But now that Timothy has come to us from you and has brought us good news of your faith and love, and that you will always think kindly of us, longing to see us as we long to see you, for this reason, brethren, in all our distresses and afflictions, we are comforted about you through your faith. For now we really live if you stand firm in the Lord. We are going to be persecuted. Christians are going to be persecuted. And we need to be encouraged. And how do we answer those afflictions? We are, here's the reality Christians are equipped. To win the battle. 
You're equipped to win the battle. So when come, someone comes and cuts you off while you're driving, you are equipped to handle that properly, not ungodly. When someone gossips behind your back, praise God that never happens in churches. That is absolutely sarcastic. When people are behind your back, tearing you down, tearing your character down, the attitude is not, oh, I can't wait to get back to them. The attitude is, how can I do good to them? Christians are equipped to win the battle. You see, unbelievers, man, they're going to, that's not natural, right? When someone does something against us, we want to get them back. Christians, though, they're equipped to win this battle. Christians are fighting evil. I will tell you this. If you are not being persecuted, or if you're not daily struggled, you are either an unbeliever, a sinning believer, or the devil's servant. You're one of the three. Because all Christians will have persecution. Some of you sitting right here have been persecuted in your job because you take a stand for the Lord. Some of you lost your job because you took a stand for what you believed was right. We will be persecuted. Christians will be persecuted. It's not a matter of if, it's when and how much. Evil against a Christian happens because he's simply a Christian. Let me ask you, if you were to tell someone that what you believe is abortion is wrong because you're killing a baby, would you be persecuted with that? In many cases, you might. If you would say that a marriage is between a husband and a wife, a man and a woman, would you be persecuted for that? It's coming, folks. By the way, our, our bathrooms say boys and girls. Those are important things. God designed you the way He designed you. Amen? God wasn't designing, let's call, let's say, Jim. Is there a Jim here? Okay, good. We'll use Jim. <laughs> God... God was designing a gym. He designed him the way He wanted him designed. Amen. He has a job for him, a service for him. By the way, men, I'll just be honest with you. We are too wimpy to have children. That's why the women bear the children. I'm being honest. Couldn't handle that pain. Praise, the God, praise God for our mothers and wives. Amen? Oh man, that should be like screaming from the mountaintop. Amen? Praise the Lord for them. But we, evil happens against us because we are Christians. That's just the way it is. The Bible says though something different. Unbelievers are here for themselves. Believers are here to glorify God. 
Why? We are the light of the world. What does that mean? We're the light of the world. Matthew chapter 4, 5, verse 14. They, people know Jesus through a Christian. Through His Word. Christian opens the Word of God and shares with him the Gospel. Ephesians 5.8 At one time, you were in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Christians are to be beaming light for the Lord Jesus Christ. They should be helping one another, loving one another, serving one another. Christians are light, and the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. It is interesting that the text says, um, do not overcome, be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with what? But how many times do Christians overcome evil by being evil back? Oh yeah, you did that to me? I'll get you. How many think that's childish? Not only is it childish, it's really kind of dumb. And we'll get there in just a second. Verse 14 is very interesting. Verse 14, since this is the whole package, the Bible says, bless them that persecute you. Bless and curse not. Is it saying the same thing as verse 21 is? Do not overcome, be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. There are so, these, this whole passage is bookmarked on either side. And it's both saying the same thing. Christians don't get back, nor do they get even. Amen. That's God's job, not ours. We love one another. We serve one another. How many have ever had someone yelling in your face, just right in your face, blah, 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 they cuss you out or whatever they do? How many have ever had that happen? Could you imagine if you looked at them while they're doing that, after they're all done, say, I love you and I'll pray for you. Would that diffuse it? Would that be like, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> Blow his mind, right? What in the world? Bless them that persecute you. Reality is Christians are in a battle. We're in a battle. We're fighting a battle. That battle is against evil. How many would agree, yes, the battles against evil, spiritual warfare, Romans, uh, 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 Ephesians chapter 6. Evil will never win against evil. Amen or oh me? It's never going to win. Christians are to only use good to defeat evil. You say, well, well, that's simple. Everybody knows that. Let me ask you, do all Christians follow that? Let's just be honest. There have been times in our lives where we don't follow that. Correct? Christians are to only use good to defeat evil. It's not just an option. I'm, I'm going to warfare and I, I can either use an evil or I can use good. It's up to me. Well, naturally speaking, yes. Supernaturally speaking, you have one. Good. Christians are to follow Christ's example. 
as light. Let me ask you, did Jesus Christ have every right to slaughter all those people that were going to crucify Him? Yes or no? Absolutely. Did Jesus do anything wrong? Did Jesus follow the law completely? Did Jesus, was, he, was there not a sin in His life? Yes or no? No sins. Absolutely perfect. And yet, they crucified Him. If that was us there, you don't understand. I didn't do it. I have my rights. Jesus didn't say that. Matter of fact, these, these animals that were killing Him and manipulating Him, He looked at them and He says, Father, forgive them. In other words, He blessed those that were persecuting Him. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. John chapter 1 deals with this emphatically. For lack of time, we're going to keep going. So this word, do not overcome by evil, let's start, we're going to start in verse 21. We haven't been there yet, so we're going to start there and, and then work back. Do not overcome, be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Overcome. Do you know what this word is? Overcome. This word is a war word. It's a war word. The victor overcomes and the victim will be overcome. Russia right now is trying to overcome what? Ukraine. It is a war word. We are in a battle. We must defeat the enemy. How? According to the text, with the good. Using the same tools as warfare as the evil is simply insane. How many have ever played paintball? Some of you have. If you haven't, you should. It's fun. But regardless, how many of you have... Uh, uh, you ever seen these pop guns? The cork? It's kind of worthless in warfare, right? Let me ask you this. Is a paint gun worthless in warfare? Pretty much. Trying to use evil to fight evil is like bringing a pop gun to a nuclear war. How many understand that? It doesn't work. It's worthless. Yet we choose to do that, don't we? We choose to go, I'll use the evil to get them back. That's not what God had in mind. God has arsenal for you. It's called good. It's called blessings. It's called love. Amen. Romans 12.21 does this. It could be stated this way. Do not be defeated in battle by evil, but in battle defeat evil with good. Because that's what it's saying. It's saying, listen, don't let the evil win. In turn, fight it with good. Let me ask you, are you praying for the people you hate? Maybe the question is, why do you hate them? 
Let me ask you, did God hate them? No. In essence, that's what the text is saying. Our commander-in-chief implores us to defeat evil in battle with good. That's what is being implored. That's what's being asked. That's what's being said. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1-6. through If you have your Bibles, let's go there because this is so important that we understand what the text is trying to tell us. 1 Corinthians, Acts Romans, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Does any one of you, when he has a case against his neighbor, dare to go to law before the unrighteous and not before the saints? Or do you not know that the saint will judge the world? If the world is judged by you, are you not competent to constitute the smallest law's court? Do you not know that we will judge angels? How much more matters of this life? So if you have the law courts dealing with the matters of this life, do you appoint them as judges who are no account in the church? I say this to your shame. Is it so that there is not among you one wise who will be able to decide between his brethren? But brethren, but brother goes to the law with his brother and that before unbelievers. Actually, that is already a defeat for you that you have lawsuits with one another. Why not rather be wronged? Why not rather be defrauded? On the contrary, yourselves wrong and defraud. You do this even to your brethren. In other words, don't do this. Don't fight evil for evil. Don't go against your brother. Don't do that. One people would say, how many, how many remember, oh, what was the name of the movie where that, um, was it a Mennonite? Joined the army. Hmm. Anybody remember? What was that? Yes. Okay, that's a very violent movie. Okay, I'm not advocating the movie. But... The point of that movie was this. This man came to the army, but he was a what? He became a medic because why? He was a conscious objector to warfare. He will help, but he won't inflict pain. And he saved hundreds of lives. God used him in a mighty way. But let me be honest with you. The Bible never claims us to be pacifists. Amen? It, that, it's just a false narrative. That, it, it's wrong. We are not to be pacifists. We are not to be conscious objectors. Let me ask you, Joshua at the battle of Jericho. Lord, I'm a conscientious objector. I'm just going to help people that fall from the wall. Did Joshua do that? Did Caleb do that? Did any of the Israelites do that? No. Lord says, hey, go and wipe out that, that town. You know, Lord, I, I don't think you're right here. I think I'll just kind of hang back. No! Are you kidding me? No one would say that. We are not to be pacifists. We are not to be conscious objectors. We are in a battle and we stand for what is right. Amen. 
Our tools are godly tools. Our tools are good. Our tools are love, joy, peace. Light is aggressive. Let me ask you this. Are we light? Try to hold back the sun. The night is conquered by light. The night is conquered by the aggressiveness of light. Amen. Listen, this world needs Jesus. Amen. They are not going to know Him unless we aggressively fight the battle. Christians are to be the most militant force the world has ever known. For what? Does that mean they make the best Kalishnikovs? No. Does it mean they make the best wars of weaponry? No. We just use good to defeat the evil. Amen? The Christian who tries to combat the enemy on his own terms, in his own way, is a fool. The Christian that says, listen, that guy did that to me and I'm going to get him back, you're a fool. Because that's not what a Christian does. It's not at all what a Christian does. Christ has provided ways and means that He blesses when they are used in His name according to the direction of His Word. How ridiculous is it when Christians use evil tactics to defeat evil, which is impossible, and choose to lay aside God's arsenal that is designed to win the combat and evil. How ridiculous is that? The answer is pretty ridiculous, Pastor. Right? There's a verse that all of this is talking about. I will start it. You can probably answer it. A soft answer turneth away wrath. A soft answer turns away wrath. The Christian victoriously overcomes evil by doing good. We're here to, to do good. Amen? It, it's, you say, well, but yeah, that's just simple. It is. Could you imagine if all Christians simply did what was right and good? Would this world be different? Would this town be different? Would our homes be different? Would our workplace be different? So, well, you don't understand where I work. You don't get it. You're right. I, I'm not there. I don't know. I know that work's hard. And then I know that people are mean. But I also know that God is good. He loves us. And He wants us to use the good to destroy the evil. By returning good for evil, you are demanding better of your persecutor than what he has shown you so far. True? When you do good, you show love towards one another. When's the last time the Bible says, hate your brother, do whatever they do to you? You know, the golden rule. What is the golden rule? 
as you would have them do to you, right? Sometimes we think the Christian rule is do to others exactly what they've done to you. That's the flesh rule. That's not God's rule. If God said, do to others what they've done to you, guess what? We'd all be crucified on a cross. Literally. We need to forgive. We need to love. We need to bless. We need to be encouraging. It goes on in verse 14. So that's verse 21. Verse 14, bless those that persecute you. Bless and curse not. Let me ask you this. How does a loving Christian talk? Love is doing whatever God says you must do for another to please God, whether it pleases you or not. Amen? Notice the verse does not say, if you are persecuted. Do you see that? (laughs) Unfortunately, do you see that? This statement is, when you are persecuted, you will be persecuted. When you are persecuted, how do you handle it? How do you handle it? Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ will be persecuted. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12 says that. These things I have spoken, so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have what? But take courage, I have overcome the world. Amen? Listen, how many remember the song, This world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. See, I do embarrass myself like Tim said he didn't want to. (laughs) My treasures are laid out down in the basement in my gun cabinet. Where beyond the blue. That's what matters. That's what makes... Listen, In this world, we will be. It is tribulation. It is persecution. We should accept that, understand that. And then we should have the right words to say to them. Listen, is someone going to make fun of you for being a believer? Is someone going to laugh at you for going to church? Is some of you going to laugh at you and, and persecute you because you love the Lord? Yes, yes, yes. How are you going to respond? I know I have done this. People have laughed at me and called me whatever. And I said, well, you're an idiot. Well, that worked really well. That worked well. We can't be doing that. That's not the armament that God has given to us. We are going to be persecuted. Matter of fact, to be honest with you, Adam says it this way, the more a Christian lives like Christ, the more he will suffer like Christ. We have this huge issues in the church. Some of the churches, man, the church is the greatest it's ever been. There's no persecution. Nothing's going on. This is great. This is awesome. Why? Because you look like the world. You act like the world. Of course they're not going to be persecuted. What happens if you stand up for what's right? Well, that's a different story. We just don't go into that because unity is more important than rightness. Wrong answer. Wrong answer. World War II, 
there were many Christians that said unity with our government is more important than being right. And millions of Jews were slaughtered because of it. Praise the Lord, there are people like Dietrich Bonhoeffer that stood up. If you never experience persecution, maybe you're not truly a Christian. It's possible. Maybe you're not living as a Christian. It's possible. The other issue is suffering might be right around the corner. I was just uh, today, or not today, last week I was reading a, a, uh, a article. And from what I understand, they are going to make all the teachers, in order to get licensed, you have to agree to the woke movement. In order to keep your license, you have to believe in gender what do they call that? Fluidity, thank you. You have to believe in gay marriage. You have to believe in... Uh, and there's this whole list of wokeness going on. Listen, folks, suffering is right around the corner. The Bible says, bless and do not curse. What is a curse? How many have ever heard of a curse? One, two, three. Shake your head if you've heard of a curse. Okay, there's more than three. I'm trying to keep you awake, okay? A curse, when we curse someone, what are we doing? We are really wanting God to damn them forever in hell. That's what we're doing. Now, so here's the deal. We have been recreated in Christ to be the light of the world and we're damning them to hell. Are you kidding me? That should never enter the mouth of a believer. Amen? We're here to help save people, not damn people. Romans chapter 12, verse 14 brings this out. Man says curse. God says what? What does God say? 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Let's go there. I'll show you what God says. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. And we toil working with our hands. When we are revealed, reviled, what do we do? We bless. When we are persecuted, we endure. When we are slandered, we try to conciliate. When we have become as scum of the world, the dregs of all things, until, even until now. I do not write these things to shame you, but to admonish you as my children. In other words, do good to those that curse against you. Love them. Encourage them. There are more verses. Proverbs chapter 26, verse 4 and 5. 
Psalm, Proverbs chapter 26, verses 4 and 5. Do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you will be just like him. It's kind of black and white. Answer a fool as his folly deserves, that you may not be wise in his own eyes. He cuts off his own feet and drinks violence. Who sends a message by the hand of a fool? Like the, I mean, it's obviously... These guys, we are not the world. Don't live like them. Don't talk like them. Matthew chapter 5, verse 44. Matthew chapter 5, verse 44. And 45. The Bible says, But I say unto you, what? Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Why? So that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven, for he, he causes His Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rains on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? It's easy to love someone that loves you. Is it not true? It's hard to love and pray and, and help those who despise you, who hate you. Romans chapter 2-4 is another one. I'm, there, there are so many. I'm not going to go through all of them. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. What chapter is that called? That's the love chapter. So I, I, I'm guessing you have an idea what that chapter says about this. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. Love does not act unbecoming. It does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Does not take into account a wrong suffered. That is a huge deal. Does not take into account myself. See, Christians are not to focus on themselves. Amen? You go to a Christian bookstore now, you're going to find self-help, self-help, self-love, self-this, self-that. That's in name only. Listen, you, we are to love others. God will take care of us. That's His job. Christians are to focus on others. And Christian love cares about others' eternal state. It's not about our self-pity. It's about their soul. We're in a battle. Well, what can I do for them? Well, here's the problem. Most Christians do not look at persecutors and say, what can I do for them? They look at persecutors and say, what can I do to them? There's a difference. There's a difference. Christians are to be focused on their soul. Therefore, those also who suffer according to the will of God shall entrust their souls to a faith or creator in doing what is right. Listen, you don't control anything. If we think we're in charge of something or control something, we are foolish. God does. 
Let me ask you, can you keep an accident from happening? Yes or no? Not really. God knows what He's doing. And what He's doing is right. We must pray for their souls and do what is right. God will deal with the justice. Amen. God will deal with the judgment. He'll do with the injustice that has happened. Let Him deal with it. And to think we can deal something, a blow to somebody worse than God? Are you kidding me? It goes on and says, Rejoice with those that do rejoice and weep with those that sleep. Here's the reality, folks. In this war, we need each other. We need each other. We must fight side by side, not face to face. How many understand what I just said? We're, we're, we're fighting alongside, not with. So many times our churches are fighting amongst themselves. By the way, the most hypocritical place you could be is a church. And that's a sad tale. But we do the best we can. We are all hypocrites. We need each other. We must fight side by side, not face to face. Empathy at its deepest level means entering into the situation profoundly enough to discover that the areas that one brother or sister has failed to see and caring enough to disagree with him or her and persistent in trying to make biblical decisions and love and help and encourage and bless them. How in the world can I do that? How can I bless them? Here's the reality. Are people going to persecute you? Yes or no? If you wait until they persecute you to have something ready for them, how are you going to respond? Emotionally. And it won't be good. You see, bless them that curse you. Bless and curse not. Only happens when we are prepared to do so. You say, well, that's going to take work. Yep. But only then will you maybe see people come to know the Lord. Only then will you be able to give good when evil is given back to you. But you've got to be prepared. You have to be prepared. The Bible says, Be of the same mind one toward another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own conceit. This does not mean in wartime we think exactly alike. Could you imagine if you went to war and everybody came with a gun? And your opponents came with, there's some guns, but then there's some tanks, there's some planes, there's some missiles. How many understand this? We are not all alike. Amen. How many are glad you're not like me? My wife is so happy she's not like me. And I'm like, I like that. She's uh, not me either. I appreciate that. Here's the reality. We all have different gifts. We don't think alike. That is absurd. The idea is we have the same attitude towards another, one another. You see, we all serve the same God. Amen? We all have the same, we all live in the same world. 
And we all are serving one another. Be of the same mind towards one another. Don't be haughty in mind, but be associated with the lonely. Next week, we're going to discuss this in a realm of being in a fight. I will tell you this. This church and every church and all believers can be unified. Why? Unity is embraced. Why? Because we have the same information. The Word of God. Amen? We have the same information. The Bible. We have the same power. Who's that? The Holy Spirit. And we have the same objective, which is what? Glorify God. Here's the reality. Every one of us mess up. We must be prepared to bless. The reason we mess up is we're not prepared. Let me ask you. I'll just, I'll just randomly ask this. Brian, have you ever been persecuted? Yes or no? Yeah. Rodney, have you been persecuted? Did Rodney and Brian have a talk and see how they dealt with that? Would it have been helpful if they did? Scott, are you going to be persecuted in the future for your faith? Tim, are you going to be persecuted in the future because of your faith? Probably. If you guys got together and how are we going to deal with this? Could you put out a plan to say to people that do that? Yes or no? Yeah. But we go in the battle unprepared. We do. I'm telling you, this text is about the spiritual warfare that we fight because I love giving back what people give me and it's wrong. It's wrong. We need to bless and do good. Does that make sense? Rodney, I'm going to have you come and close us in a word of prayer. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this portion of Scripture where we all fail, Lord. We forget about what you've done for us on the cross. We, we, we need to tell ourselves the gospel every day and understand that we need to be living for you and understand that our home is in heaven and we're in a, we're in a world where people are dying. People don't know you. Talk about, you know, talk about letting people know the gospel, but we also got to show the gospel, Lord. We also have to turn the other cheek, but come back with the gospel, Lord. See, as Christ did, he was spit on. He was, he was called names. We are in Christ. We need to be that example, Lord. We pray for this dying world, Lord. Help us to take these words uh, in Romans. They're very practical for us as Christians, Lord. Let us live this life and let our heart change daily for doing a good for you and to others. In Christ's name, amen.